0: My ears are open open. and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same in Jesus name. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the opportunity to come and gather together to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray that as we approach the season where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that, Father, the church of Jesus Christ will act like the church of Jesus Christ. That we won't allow the culture, we won't allow the world to dictate what we do, but we will allow the Word of God to be the thing that we live our lives by. And so I step back now so he can minister life to the people. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing change, for bringing conviction, and most of all, producing faith in our hearts so that we can live at new levels. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So the main focus for the month of April typically is centered around the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I call that Resurrection Discovery Day. We call it Easter. You say, well, why do you call it Resurrection Discovery Day? Because it's the day that they discovered that Jesus was no longer in the grave. Say amen to that. And so this month, I'm going to be teaching and preaching about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. And so my prayer for this whole series uh, and also for our Easter production that is going to take place is that our hearts will burn within us as we hear and see what Jesus has done for us. Now, when Jesus was resurrected, he was talking, he came back and he was talking to some of his disciples. And I love Luke chapter 24 because it describes what I want to see God do in our lives as a result of this series. It happened to them. And so it says, and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Everybody say that's his prayer. That's my prayer and here is why it's my prayer for this series that our hearts will burn because so many Christians today we've allowed the culture watch this to influence our hearts more than Christ. Amen. So if you're taking notes today the message title is the resurrection makes the difference. The resurrection Makes the difference. And the goal today is to highlight some life-changing differences that the resurrection of Jesus has made for us. Everybody say, what you know can make the difference. Say it one more time. Say, what you know can make the difference. There was this little boy that was sitting at the dinner table, him and his mom. And all of a sudden he asked his mom, mom, are bugs good to eat? And she was like such an inappropriate question during dinner. So she wanted to keep things kosher. And she said, son, let's, let's not talk about things like that at the dinner table. And so after dinner was over, the mother went back to him. and She said, son, OK, what did you want to ask me? And he says, "Uh, nothing now. There was just a bug in your soup, but it's gone now. <laughs> Everybody say what you know can make a difference. So listen, I have one point. And in this point today has three different benefits, okay? And the benefits are going to center around what the benefits are from Jesus resurrecting. So here's the point, the only point today, and that is Jesus is the resurrection. Everybody say, Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus didn't just get resurrected. He is the resurrection. I'm going to say that again. Jesus didn't just get resurrected. He is the resurrection. And the best way for me to explain something like this in a powerful and dynamic way, in my opinion, I want to explain it like this. So water can take on different forms. Okay, so. The first form is water, okay, and it's wet. And the second form it can take is that it can be frozen, okay, that's ice. And then a third way that water can also uh, come about is through heat, which produces steam. Well, when I say that Jesus didn't just get resurrected, but that he is the resurrection, what I'm saying by that illustration is that Jesus, listen, church, he's the water, he's the ice, and he's the steam all at the same time. See, water can't be ice and water and steam all at the same time. But Jesus is the resurrection. Everybody say he is the resurrection. So let's read John chapter 11 because it confirms the point that we're making here. And the context that we're talking about is when Lazarus died. And Lazarus died, so Jesus waited four days before he went to go see about Lazarus. And let me just say this to you. Don't give up on God just because you didn't see him answer your prayer the first day. Don't give up on God if he didn't answer your prayer the way you thought on day number two. In fact, don't even get upset with God if he didn't answer your prayer at all. Because what if what he saw, if he answered the prayer the way you prayed it, it would have messed your life up, but you didn't know it. So he waited four days and, and listen, by that time, in biblical days, people start stinking by then. So let's look at now John chapter 11, and I'm reading out of the Revised Standard Version this morning. It says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb. How many days, church? How many days, church? Four days, and verse 18 says, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And then 19 says, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary sat in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, there are two ways you can listen to how she said that. She could have said it in an accusatory type of way, like attitude, like uh, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, I don't think she did it that way, because if you read the next verse, she said, th- she says this. And even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. And so Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the what church? In the resurrection. We're talking about the resurrection makes the difference. He said, oh, she said, I know that my brother will rise again. And so watch verse 25, which is the focus of our our lesson this morning. Jesus said to her, read it with me, church. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Wow. Jesus didn't just get resurrected. He is the resurrection. And here's what's beautiful about that. Whatever dead area you have in your life, if you will allow Jesus, the resurrected one, inside that space, he will produce life for your life. And so when you look up the word resurrection, it actually means to be raised to life again, which means that something had to die. Amen. Uh, Years ago, uh, some members of ours, they're here today. I won't point them out. They gave heaven a horse. And uh, this horse was named sky had blue eyes. I have never seen an animal or a horse with some eyes, right? Blue. And so, you know, Uh, They kept it and took care of the horse for heaven. And I'm glad because I wasn't going to do it. Praise God. Heaven wanted a horse. So anyway, uh, some, you know, a few years went by and the horse got sick. And the sickness that this horse had was the horse had eaten, but it couldn't release itself okay and so it's a condition which i don't know right now what the name of it is it's a real condition but uh basically the only remedy is death so they had the the person who takes care of horses to come out and see and uh they pretty much said hey listen uh there you all have two options let me put the horse to sleep or you can shoot the horse but either way the horse is gonna die and so uh I'll never forget, they, they, they called us to, you know, kind of for heaven to come see the horse before the horse died and all that. And I remember when I got there, uh, I asked him, I said, uh, have, have y'all prayed for the horse? I was like, pray for the horse. I mean, why would you want to pray for a horse? People said, well, God don't heal animals. Well, I believe God heals what we love. If you love Toto, Ask God to heal Toto. So anyway, I prayed for the horse. Day went by, two days went by, three days went by, and then the horse started eating again, and then next thing you know, the horse got healed, and to my knowledge, the horse is still alive today. <laughs> right? Prayer resurrected that horse. Amen. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give us three benefits to Jesus being resurrected. Benefit number one is Jesus' resurrection raised us from the dead. Jesus' resurrection raised us or raises us from the dead. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy. Oh, I love that. For his great love where he has loved us, verse 5, even, watch this, he loved us even when we were dead in sins. And, and then he says, he quickened us or made us alive together, how? With Christ. And then he says, by grace are you saved. He just wants you to know, it's not by what you did that got you saved. He says, it's by grace. And then verse 6, he says, and he has raised us up together. And he has made us sit together in heavenly places in what? Christ Jesus. I love the New Living Translation. It says, but God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he, watch this, raised up from raised us up from where, church? Look at your neighbor and say you were dead. He raised us from the dead, and watch this, along with Christ, and he seated us. You ever been to a restaurant, and when you walk in, there's a sign that says, Please wait to be seated? That's what God did. He said, You know what? When when I when I put life in them. I'm going to raise them up with my son. And let me ask you your question. Where does Jesus sit? Where? May I have my handkerchiefs? I'm, I'm sorry. He's sitting on the right hand of God, right? Well, he's sitting on the right hand of God. But check this out. If Christ is sitting on the right hand of God, where are we sitting? He said, okay. He says he seated us with Christ in heavenly places. Because we are united with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 puts it like this. For since by man came death, by man came also the what? Resurrection of the dead. In other words, what he's saying is everybody died because of one man. But God made a decision and he says, I'm going to send Christ. And watch this. That one man killed everybody jesus lived everybody because it says watch this the rest of the verse in verse 22 says for as in adam how many died how many in adam all die even so watch this in christ i want y'all to notice the first group was in adam the second group is in christ the first group in Adam all die. He says, even so in Christ shall all be what? Made alive. So Jesus' resurrection caused life for us. Here's a take-home thought that I want you to think about. Being in Adam is by default, but being in Christ is by choice. See, this is why people say, I don't know why a good God would send good people to hell. He doesn't. You were born in default by sin. Everybody in Adam. See, until a person is born again, they're part of the Adam family. Y'all, y'all remember how many remember the Adams family? Da 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 Come on do it. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. Yeah. Y'all remember Uncle Vesta? Yeah, how many have crazy uncles Some crazy uncles? Yeah. You know, he's he's passed away now. I had an Uncle Jesse growing up. And Uncle Jesse, uh, you know, he had some issues. He went to, you know, the service and uh, he almost froze to death. So when they, when they got him back straight, he just never was all the way straight. And Uncle Jesse was a chain smoker. I mean, I don't know if you ever have met a chain smoker. They always say always. They always have a cigarette in their hand and smoking it soon as he go out there's another one Uncle Jesse fired those cigarettes up I mean he fired them up but one thing that was different about Uncle Jesse is that Uncle Jesse wore two and three pairs of glasses at one time (laughs) I think when he froze to death Well, he didn't froze when he froze. I I think in his mind, he needed layers of protection because he would wear a T-shirt, a shirt, a vest, a sweater, a jacket, and then a, a, a dressing jacket. And then he would have a stocking cap, a hat, and then a wool hat, and then a baseball cap. See those problems Uncle Jesse had? That's all those people that's in Adam. They got all those problems. Jesus said, it says here, but being in Christ makes us alive. But being in Christ is a choice. That's why he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. But I have to choose and you have to choose and we have to choose to be in Christ. Say amen to that. So one of the benefits of being in Christ is he raises up from the dead. Here's benefit number two if you're taking notes. Jesus' resurrection provided us, watch this, access to the Father. And the reason I'm saying to the Father, because the world always references God as God. Okay? Even the other religions uses God. But see, he's not just God to us if you are in Christ. He now moves his status from God to Father. Amen. When Jesus died and he shed his blood, watch this, he gave us permanent access to God. Amen. Listen, some things you don't get permanent access. You stop paying your gym membership and see what happens. You're going to skip your little behind up in there one day. you going to go up to the front desk. They're going to be like, uh, sir, uh, your, your, your draft didn't go through this this month. Right? Well, when Jesus gave us access to the Father, it was permanent. Look, it says in verse uh, 13 of Ephesians chapter 2. It says, but now, everybody say now. now. When is now? now? Right now. He says, now in Christ, you who were sometimes afar off have been made Or drawn close by the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 14. For he, Jesus, he's our peace. Who has made us both one. And he's broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Now the word partition there, when you look it up, it means a barrier, a hedge, or a fence. Because listen, before Christ, there was a wall, there was a partition between us and God. And nobody could bring that down. As a matter of fact, when they made the temple, the temple had several layers to it when you go in. So the high priest, not just a regular priest, but a high priest had to be appointed by God, first of all. And then second of all, there's a certain type of clothing that God wanted the priest to wear. Okay, and in that clothing, part of it, the high priest... Uh, so the priest wore certain things. Then the high priest, he was the one that had to go into the Holy of Holies. And the first thing he had to do, first of all, he had to make sure he, he uh, did sacrifices for his own sins. Okay. So, if, if, you know, whatever he might have been into or did or whatever, he had to make some sacrifices for that. And here we are. All we have to do is ask God to forgive us in Jesus' name. Man, they had to go get a goat. They, had, they were spending money to get their sins taken care of. So he did it for his own sins. Then he had to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And then after that, now his garment was like this special robe. I mean, it had all these... I mean, it was beautiful. Down at the bottom, they had pomegranate seeds down there, which kind of made bell sounds. And you needed to have the bells on there because... If he were to go into the Holy of Holies, which is that third layer, that partition that I'm talking about. Once he got into there, if something was not right with him, he would die. So they would put a rope around his ankle to make sure. Because see, if he died in there, you can't go get him. Because you're going to die too. So when they stop hearing the jingling. Jing, 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 jing. When they stop hearing that. Right? This partition was real. And this partition took place when Adam sinned against God. And this is why when Adam sinned, the Bible said God told him the day you eat the fruit, you're going to die. Well, it wasn't physical. Because he was still alive after he ate it. So as soon as he ate it, boom, a barrier went up. Because God and sin cannot mingle. So now he used to talk to Adam spiritually. All God had to do was think it and Adam would hear it. But he had to change up because now Adam's sin or his spirit was contaminated with sin. So guess what? He's disconnected now. So that's when God had to speak to him verbally. And that's why in, the, in, the, in, the, in Genesis, it said, oh, I heard you because God was calling Adam. He said, Adam, Adam, where are you? You mean to tell me God don't know where we all are? See, sometimes God, I'm talking to some people right now. He's talking, we're not in the right spot to hear him. And the spot I'm talking about is not a physical spot. I'm talking about a spot in your heart because, see, there are times where if you close him off, you're not going to hear him like you need to. And so Adam had sinned in his heart, in his spirit. So God had to call him physically. Adam, Adam, where are you? And then this is what Adam said. I heard your voice. See, he wasn't used to that. God had to talk to him. He was talking to him spiritually. Watch this. Adam wasn't answering back. Basically, God was calling him on the phone. But Adam's phone bill had been, his phone had been disconnected. He says I heard your voice in the garden and and I was afraid that barrier went up so watch this the new the NIV version of Matthew 27 talks about this barrier this partition verse 50 and when Jesus had cried aloud he was on the cross he gave up his spirit or he died that's where people get the you know he died yeah he died look at verse 51 At that moment, at what moment? The moment he died, here's where one of the benefits of the resurrection. The moment he died, watch this, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Not from the bottom to the top. Because if it was torn from the bottom to the top, man could have done that. But no, 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 God tore it from the top to the bottom. That was God saying, okay, now, listen, Jesus' blood has now been poured out and now I will give his people or my people who were lost access to my presence. So I'm going to do something that they haven't seen before. I'm going to tear down that, that whole curtain that was in the temple. Can you imagine people in the temple wondering what happened? Well, when Jesus died, the permanent status of access to the Father was demonstrated when that veil came down. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 says this, for through Him, through Christ, we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now, everybody say down. Now therefore, you are no more strangers. You're not foreigners, but you and I, because of Christ and His resurrection, we are fellow citizens with the saints. And we are now part of the household of God. He's not just God to you. He's father to you. And let me, say, let me tell you what I know. The father that I'm talking about, there is no lack in his household. So if you and I are sons and daughters and there is no lack in his household, why is there lack in our household? Everybody say there is no lack in my household because there is no lack in God's household. Come on, say it to you. You you just said it because I told you to. I want you to say it like you mean it. Now, let me just address something. Because sometimes we experience lack because we made bad choices. How many have ever made a bad choice? Okay, all right. So people say, well, what do you do with that? I'm going to show you next what you do with that. Because let me tell you what most people do when they make a bad choice. They won't even go to God to ask him to help them. We come up with our own plan on what we do to try to fix the mess that we did. Amen. It says, through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, we're no more strangers. The word access, I love it. It means admission and it means the right to approach. So what he's saying is through Jesus Christ, we have the right to approach and we have the right of admission to the father here's a sad thing all believers of Jesus Christ have access to the father but many never consistently enter in to get it see you can have access and not enter I can give you a key to my house and you never get in because you never get in your car come to my house and put the key in the door and open it up and that's the thing we have benefits that we're not using amen The New Living Translation of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 says this. Because of Christ. Because of who? We're talking about Jesus. Because of Jesus Christ. And our faith in him. Watch this church. We can now. We in church? We in church? We can now come how? Boldly and confidently into God's presence. Church, we now have permission and position to approach the throne of God with boldness. I'm going to say that again. Church, we have permission and position to approach the throne of God with boldness. Hebrews 4.16 puts it like this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace so we can obtain mercy and find grace to help when we need it. I love the living Bible. It says this. Let us come boldly to the very throne of God and stay there. Until we receive his mercy and find grace to help. Maybe you didn't get the help cause you didn't stay at the throne. Maybe you didn't get the answer because you didn't stay there long enough for him to tell you what to do. Say amen to that. Amen. How do you, how do you come boldly to the throne? It's called prayer. Amen. Years ago when I was uh, graduating from college, I had three or four job offers. I started, and and if you're listening or watching, and you're in college, and you you need a job after school, start declaring you're going to have one before you finish. And so that's what I did. I walked around, and I was declaring, Father, I thank you. I'm going to have multiple choices of jobs when I graduate. So that's what happened. So I'll never forget, uh, this one company flew me to Ohio, to interview so i 'm still not clear on this which decision to make, so i 'm praying. I went to the throne of grace, I said, God, I need some direction i didn 't want to let money make the choice because if money makes the choice, what happens when the money change so i wanted, want him, I wanted him to tell me which one, so anyway. I'm, I'm in my friend's apartment. He's taking me to the airport. And I'm reading a verse in scripture that says that God shows himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. And right there, God said through that, Evan, this is your job. So my attitude changed in the interview. I was walking into the interview knowing it's my job. I'm like, wow, they wasted all that money flying these other people in here. Because it was like seven people that they flew in, right? I was Oh, I'm sitting at lunch. I'm eating. I said, boy, they wasted money feeding these people, flying these people in. And they said, oh, we'll let you know in two weeks. Guess what? In two days, they called me and said, uh, you have the job if you want it. Say amen to that. When I was leaving Jamaica after being in Bible school, I'm just giving you some examples because some of you all are not taking advantage of your access. See, you see prayer as just duty. And that's good. You should pray. Man should always pray and not faith. But you got, it's got to go past duty. And so, uh, I didn't know if I was gonna, I, I left, which by the way, I got that job in Ohio. And so, uh, after five years, God spoke to me and told me to go to Bible school. So I go to Bible school in Jamaica, which, which, inter- which is interesting because, uh, when the, the small church that I was a part of in Ohio, when we went to Jamaica for our missions trip, one of the families that we sponsored in Jamaica had a young man and this he's going to see this too and this young man today watch this is a pastor that seed we planted now he's a pastor and has a school with his church which by the way we're going to sow into uh has been open for 22 years amen so I graduated from, high, uh, from, from the Bible school, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I was going to go back to Ohio because my pastor died while I was in school. And I thought, well, maybe I'm going to take over that church. Or, and then, you know, one of the pastors uh, in Jamaica asked me to maybe start a church in Jamaica. So I didn't know what to do. So I did exactly. I went bold. Everybody say boldly. I said, Lord, I need to know what to do. And long story short, he answered through Scripture. I'm going to read you the Scripture. It's Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. I don't have it up here on the screen. I'm just going to read it. It says, in when day talking about Mary and Joseph, when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he says, arise and take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt. And I want you to just stay there until I bring you word. When I read that, God said, Evan, I want you to stay right there in Jamaica. I'm going to tell you what to do. And see, if you need any type of direction in your life today, do not just get carnal information and make your decision. That's the worst thing you can do. Everybody say prayer works. works. A woman went to her priest. I'm closing. A woman went to her priest with a problem. She said, father, I have two female parents and the only thing they know how to say and all they ever say is hi, we're prostitutes. Want to have some fun? And the priest said, that's terrible, but I think I can help them. Bring your two female parents over to my house and I will put them with my two male parents, whom I've taught to pray and read the Bible. My parents will teach your parents to stop saying that terrible phrase, and your female parents will learn to praise and worship. So the next day, the lady brought her parents to the priest's house, and his two male parents were in their cage, holding their rosary beads and quietly praying in their cage. The woman put her two female parents in the cage with the male parents. The female said, Hi, we're prostitutes. Wanna have some fun? And one of the male parents looked at the other male parent and said, Put those beads away. Our prayers have been answered. (laughs) Everybody say prayer works. Prayer works. (laughs) It was just a joke. Here's the last benefit. <laughs> Jesus' resurrection provided us with faith, which gives us victory in life. And this one right here is why Word of Truth Family Church exists. Because if you can learn to use your faith, your life will change. The New Living Translation of Second Peter chapter one verse one says this. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He says, "I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith." We have this faith. Listen to this church. This faith was given to you. Why? Because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. He says, listen, the only reason you and I have this faith is because of Jesus. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. The New Living Translation of Ephesians 3.12 says, Because of Christ. Because of who, church? Because of Christ. And our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So Jesus' resurrection gave you and I faith. And this faith puts us in position to have an overcoming life. And this is one of the reasons I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. Because I said to myself, Okay, uh, you mean to tell me I want to personally win in life and God will help me do that? So listen to this. First John 1, uh 1 John 5, 4. This is the last verse, the New Living Translation. Says this: For every child of God, who's a child of God? Raise your hand. Every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our what, church? We receive this victory through our faith. And Watch this. And who can win this battle against the, against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. Every trial that you and I face gives us an opportunity, listen church, to use our faith, to trust God, to do what only he can do, which is not fail. Stop measuring what you're facing by what you did, didn't do, or happenstance stop measuring what you're going through by that just know that every trial you face is an opportunity for you to use your faith to trust god to do what only he can do which is not fail and sometimes you got to get in a position for god to do something you couldn't do on your own amen i don't know if you've ever had your back up against the wall how many have ever had your back up i mean back all look ain't nothing look i ain't nothing i ain't nowhere to go And I've watched God time and time again deliver. And there are some people right now that you're in some tight spots. Listen to me. You're in some tight spots. And I'm telling you, one of the benefits of the resurrection is for him to deliver you. So with every head bowed, I feel there are several people even watching me your life is in a tight spot you don't know what to do you've even prayed about it and you haven't heard nothing yet well I'm here to tell you one of the benefits of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is for us to have access to God hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah Boy, this is a different word of knowledge right here. Somebody needs some tires. This is really weird right here. Okay, so if you don't know, if you've never seen this, this is called a word of knowledge. God will give me something that people are going through. Happened last week. And there are some, I don't, actually there's more than one person in here. And you need some tires for your car. And you don't know what to do. And so your fallback is your credit card. One of y'all's credit card, because it's more than one person, one of y'all's credit card is maxed out, so you ain't got no choice. And you don't know what to do. He knows what to do. And you know why I know he knows what to do? Because he's using me to tell you your situation. God would never point out something that he don't have a solution to. And I don't know who you are today, but I can tell you this. If you today, right now, just from receiving that word of knowledge, you say, okay, God, you know my situation. That means you have a solution for it. And I receive the solution in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I don't know who it is, but you know. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs some dental work. And here's the deal. You don't have the money to get the dental work done. So you've decided, I'm just not going to do it right now. But the Lord is telling me to tell you, you, don't take that approach. He's saying, I want you to come to me and talk to me about this situation so I can resolve it. He says, I am Jehovah Jireh, I can provide. Here's another one. Wow, this is interesting right here. Uh, there's a, some parents here that want your, you want to take your kid out of public school and you want to put him in private school. And uh, you all don't see a financial way to do that, but you have the desire for it. And I hear the Lord saying, just bring it to me. See, you've been trying to figure that out for yourself. You've been trying to figure it out. He said, no, no, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I will give you the desires of your heart. I don't know who it is, but I hear the Lord saying, if you'll bring it to him, he'll make a way. Thank you, Jesus. With every head still bowed. If one of those three prophetic words applied to anybody in the room, just raise your hand. I just want people to know that I'm missing. Oh, yes, yeah, several people, lots of people. All right, you can put your hand down. Father, we thank you today that the Word of God is real. The Spirit of God is real. And you already have answers to what we need. There are some people watching online. Everything I just said applies to you too. And Father, I thank you for showing yourself strong on the behalf of those Who are in these situations in Jesus' mighty name. With every head still bowed, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not sure,